So welcome back to Zombie Squad Cast. And in this episode, I got Tony Caparelli. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Caparelli. Okay. So Tony and I, uh, uh, Tony's another Towson alum like myself. Uh, some of the, what is it, directing. We took the directing classes and the editing mm-hmm. classes and the, and the camera classes and just shooting a bunch of off-the-wall little uh, film projects to yeah, try to try to try to barely make the grade <laughs> so, so uh yeah so t- uh, tony towson uh towson alum i'm baltimore uh, or maryland uh grew up in maryland actually cumberland two hours west um went to mm-hmm. school in pittsburgh for about two years and just didn't really dig it like i was i had a brother he was a, a freelance cameraman doing sports television and I really admired the direction he was taking. And I always kind of wanted to be a part of a lot of that. So I was like, okay, well, there's a good department. You know, I heard about EMF over at Towson. So I put the uh, transcripts in and came on over and finished there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I kind of remember that. And then you got into lighting and then you pretty much just uh, went into lighting and programming. Yeah. And yeah, like- <laughs> right away at the circus. I always like to tell people, like, if I work with video crews on tour, I always tell them I'm a turncoat. Like I used to be one of you guys, you know? So, and uh, it, it's kind of funny because a lot of times when we're lighting video guys and us, like there, we're, there's such a, a touch and go relationship because we're doing rock and roll lighting and it's bright and it's blowing out lenses on the camera, you know, it's driving the engineers crazy with their e-stops they have to do. So I'm very friendly towards that because I really feel like I had a friendly background mm-hmm. coming school here there about like keeping in mind those sort of things i mean to an extent i mean a lot of times i have to apologize ahead of time and be like yo this is what the artist wants this is the Mm -hmm. way they want to look you know if they want to be in a deep red bro like we're just gonna have to work around it because like red is traditionally one of the first enemies of camera so you know it's just one of those things where you got to compromise and work around it um uh to keep the people who are paying you happy you know so that's Mm -hmm. the that's the end result. But, um, but yeah, man, I just, uh, I finished up, um, the old record theater, uh, down on the strip there at, at school. Um, I had where'd, a little, I, where'd, yeah. you, where'd you bounce in there? Yeah, I was bouncing there. Yeah. I, the only reason I bounced is cause I wanted to go see all the hippie shows there. Cause like all the yeah. bands that I always love to go see were like coming through there. So I was like, you yeah, know, I'll just go be a security guard so I could see free music, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, and because, like, they they already had the, half the rugby team and Marines in there. They did all the heavy lifting. I just had to watch tour buses out back, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't too strenuous. But, yeah, man, I mean, so a lot of, like, the passion that, you know, I had, like, I just was like I wanted a job that just helped, helped me have beer money at school and, you know, take care of some utilities at the, uh, at, you know, pay rent, you know, all that shit. And, um I remember like the production manager of the music venue there, the, the staff I worked with was like, you know, you know anything about lighting? I was like, I like it. I like to see it at concerts. And he's like, well, you know, we'll throw you a couple bucks if you want to do it. You know, like some bands have been asking about us just having a lighting operator. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I always like, you know, when, it was, when we were in school, it was right when like technology was really starting to emerge yeah, with, with the lighting market. We started seeing big moving light rigs and mm-hmm. all this other stuff so it was quite inspiring to me so i was like yeah shit i mean i don't have to bounce or you know lug beer up and down the stairs for you know bartenders i can go flip buttons on a light board and get paid for it so i said sure let's do it and um 
ran into just a couple bands and I, there was one that was from Arizona and they're like, yo, do you like want to go on tour with us and like be our guy? And I'm like, bro, I got to finish college in like two months. Like <laughs> I mean, I was literally finishing and these guys want me to run away from them. Like, are you leaving now? Like, and they're like, no, but like we're packing up. We're getting ready to go because I guess they had just rented a house like outside of Towson and they'd been in town for like two or three months, but they had been planning to go back out back to Southwest where they're from originally. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I graduated and I was like, I don't have anything better to do. Yeah, I'll, I'll move out, you know? So I went with them and uh, just 15 years later, here I am. I mean, in a short story, I just kept doing lighting and just moving up and doing that experience and, you know, just running with it, man. So. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with, you know, just falling into something else where, you know, my degrees in film and TV production writing directing producing shooting editing and over the course of maybe eight or nine years i got into av and so uh, uh, you know general av and kind of uh merged more into audio and lighting so hanging mm-hmm. so hanging lights programming lights bunch of bunch of uh up lights and yeah. and, and then hanging lights so hanging lights you know i think that was more um maybe that the ld's job i guess that, that would be your job mm-hmm. But for, yeah. but for but but for me, he would give me some simple notes, and I was doing a shitload of uplights, sending them all around you know the room and and jump them and programming them, you know, every other number that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. But I was really trying to focus more on audio and audio and camera, and then maybe for the past five years, I jumped into a, an emerging technology, live streaming live streaming, live streaming those conferences and those events and concerts and, and what have you. And that's been my main moneymaker. Right and, th- and thank God for that because uh, now with this whole quarantine shut-in, we, we basically took the same technology and just took, instead of doing, you know, cameras, three cameras mm-hmm. set up at a conference, we're just taking Zoom meetings, plugging, yeah. it, plugging it into the same software, same line. How about Zoom, man? How about their stock? That's, that, they, ever since this started, they, geez, they're rolling in the dough. Whoever's using it before, it's, it's had to have just immensely just grown. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the number would be, but I'm sure it's damn impressive. And, uh, well, you know, there's some, there are some criticisms that you know, Zoom is a Chinese company. COVID came from China. Yeah. And, and there's security issues with Zoom. So. Oh it, like you know some of the conspiracy theorists are out there trying to like piece the puzzles together but but i don't know but um enough it's funny you know when we were talking before uh we started the podcast when we were just catching up and remember i was telling you about like just editing the audio on premiere pro mm-hmm. and it, i had one of those moments like okay so me being the idiot that i am and just getting back into editing more recently I'm trying to do the voiceover and the microphone was speeding back. And I'm like, well, like last time I was recording it, didn't do that. It's cause I, I hit the volume up. So the more you max out your volume, it's collecting more and it started feeding back. And I was like, are they listening? Like I didn't quite grasp, but it, it was just really, truly the computer's microphone feeding back. I thought someone was listening to me when I started to hear it. Like, <laughs> Someone's in there. So it was like tripping me out for a second. And I was like, Oh my God, it's just cause I have the volume cranked up and fixed it and went about my day feeling like an idiot. So yeah, sorry to jump, jump no. off. The beat. It just was my experience of people listening. 
that did happen recently in my own brain. So. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I remember, I remember the exact class. I think it was directed for the camera with Tom Brandau. Yeah. And, Brandau. He was like one of my favorites. Man. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's phenomenal. Um, and, but he is like your, your, he's like your typical filmmaker, like your narrative. Yeah. He's your narrative. He's your, he's your basic, well, not basic, but he's your typical narrative film writer director. Yeah. And I remember you said, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now I want to get into lighting live events and concerts. So what advice do you have? And he, he looked at you like, I don't know what the, f I, I don't, do that. <laughs> I don't have anything for that. This is directing for the camera and uh, you want to do lighting, go do lighting. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I got I no know. fucking advice for that. <laughs> yeah, it must have been in like, like, like when the spark happened, whenever I, like that must've been like yeah, the brain, you know, when I started probably helping out that band before I graduated. Yeah. Cause I did happen on my last semester. Yeah. One second. Hey, friend. Dad, you didn't turn the light off in the room upstairs. Oh man, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Oh, I will get it in a second. I'm talking to a friend. Okay. All right. I was uh, my son. Uh, I did not turn a light off upstairs, so I've oh, just man. Been, I've been Zoom shamed um, uh, on a podcast by my son about not turning the lights off. Now. You got to you got to save that power bill on the fun employment, man. Oh my gosh! Oh, one second, I shut a door and I'll be right back. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, we're keeping it loose, right? But anyways, yeah, man, that's um, fine, dude. Yeah. And and it was funny, like you mentioned that because we did another class. Were we in the same? Um, after effects seminar class did we do that together as well i think so i think so yeah there was i forget the teacher because i think i asked the teacher the same question i was like obsessed with trying to find like an in and lighting in video somehow mm -hmm. like i guess i just wanted to be able to have my cake and eat it too yeah i remember the teacher being like well you can go do it but like you're in danger of becoming a roadie just so you're aware and like, he, he he said that like it was such a like not cool thing and like it's like now that i've been doing it from his 15 years it's like that's that's a very loose term depending on what you do how you do it yeah you know i mean i mean we're all roadies at the end of the day i feel like in my my industry whether you're a designer or pushing cases you know we're if all kind of if you're, brother, you if know? you're yeah if you're a cam op and you're bouncing from different gig as a cam op or an ac you're, yeah. kind of, you're kind of a roadie. Are you, are you, do you have your own gear as an AC or a cam op? Are you taking lenses? Uh, are you a part of a crew, like a camera department? Mm -hmm. And you're working with the same crew, but you go from, you go from uh, House of Cards to Orange is the New Black to Law and Order mm -hmm. with all the same gear, with the same crew. You're basically, you're essentially, you're a roadie in that sort of sense, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I am. Um, I think anything that classifies you a part of like building small cities on a daily basis, then you're a roadie, yeah, no matter what you do, because it's like that's literally our job, whether it's for like a TV set that you're building and setting up for the day, or like we're setting up a bunch of scaffolding and rigging for you know a big light and video show, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, just um again i think it's just the whole concept of building small cities in one day is the best way i describe the brethren if you will <laughs> if you mm -hmm. do that you're in uh. yeah absolutely absolutely so uh um 
how would you say you've been impacted? Uh, we'll start professionally. How have you been impacted professionally by this quarantine shut-in? I mean, it was tough, man. I mean, um, just it, it was tough for me because we had a like very light schedule at the end of the year coming into the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had some stuff going on, but like no one's salaried. I guess like everyone's deals different. Uh, every organization you work for is different. I've been in ones where you've been annually salaried. Other ones you are paid like on a weekly basis or even in a daily basis sometimes. So, um, you know, in this business, you know, a lot, it's basically like, you know, you could be W2'd under, you know, one band or whatever that you work for. That's cool. But, but your, your, your salary you're going to make is only as strong as how much you're working, you know. Right. Um, just as much as like someone's going and being a cable page going from, you know, live event to live event, you know, it's the same thing. So, you know, so what was happening, um, we were doing like all of our preparations and we just got the tour out of the door. So like we did pre-visual, like where we sit on a computer and program all the lights before we have it in front of us for real, you know, there's really nice, like high octane 3d programs that we can actually visualize the show in before we have to do it in real time you know it gets a lot of the programming out of the way preliminary then when you get there with the artists and all the production gear and just all the creative team you know all that stuff happening then at least you have a good platform and a good base to work from you know so take that we go to this uh setup facility we set up the whole rig the whole crew's there you know we're practicing the show and then we pack it up and send it down to miami and then we had a couple of days with the artists just for them to get acclimated with everything so it was a process it was kind of like my own department moving to the whole crew together then the crew with the artists you know it kind of goes in that natural order you know as you're preparing for these big uh, arena tours and um you know, she came down, did a few dates with us, you know, just practicing everything, getting all the kinks worked out. And, you know. Oh, boy. Leave. Fort Lauderdale is when we started getting warnings about everything. Like, hey, people are starting to get turned away from venues you know things are shutting down um at one point we were told as a tour to just not touch each other like you know it's like we don't know how serious this thing is we we understand that it's becoming quite serious so we want to take the precautions for the artists you guys everyone around you and that is not to have any contact with each other you know like social like the social they want to start the social distancing you know within our own camp which is you know absolutely 100 percent the right call and a smart thing to do just for any kind of weird shit. And, uh, I pretty much had said, we're getting flights for everyone to go home. Like our show's canceled tomorrow and whatever in front of it indefinitely until we know more. So um, what it turned out is that our whole North American tour, besides the dates that we completed, was to be rescheduled, which it, it is. Um, I think we're due to probably reschedule later in the year. I don't know because that's information above my pay grade, but I am aware that uh, they're actively seeking dates to reschedule. And um, we also had Europe dates, Asia dates, and um, what else? South American dates that we'll also have to reschedule 
because, you know, obviously when one thing reschedules, then everything starts to shuffle. Uh, so we're kind of standing fast for a couple things to see if we can still do them because some things are starting to let up. I mean, the weird thing is, is everything that originated in China and it was locked down. Now everything's open again, virtually over there. So, and we're supposed to go over there at one point. So in theory, can we go over there? Maybe, you know, so I don't know. Um, that's, that's up to the higher powers, I guess. And, you know, we just got to keep doing our part and what we're asked of to do as citizens and hope for the best and get back to work. You know, that's the, that's the best way I can describe it. But, you know, having a full tour just come to a complete stop when, you know, you're dependent on, you know, a uh, pretty hefty income from it. You know, it's, it, it stinks, but you know what, like I said, everyone has their own situation and you gotta, you know, divide and conquer however you can and do what's right for you and especially your family. You know, you have a wife and kid, you know, so, you know, it's, it's a time to be proactive and be positive, but just not for yourself, but for them, you know, you don't want to be getting down on your family and spreading any kind of bad negative vibes. So I've been trying to just reorganize my life and my schedule yeah. and what fits for me and just take the proper steps to get things, you know, at least in a semi fashionable order, you know, I mean, there's help out there for us, you know, there, there's really cool things going on from like music cares. Um, I know that live nation, the promoter is also, organizing you know a relief fund for you know roadies and stuff like that so there's people out there that want to help which is really cool um thank god we work with people and especially in production business i really feel like everyone tries to look out for each other in some sort of way i mean you know any kind of help or thought to help a person's tough situation you know and how they're impacting this is speaks more than volumes you know yeah. No. Yeah, I, you know, and you're right. I think uh, general the general community, at least what I'm seeing within the U.S., is a lot of people are, for the most part, sticking together. They're really they're they're really finding ways to connect even more. Mm-hmm. Like and, and you know, like us reconnecting through yeah. and through a podcast and through you know modern technology, and then you know a podcast that I want to do and, and reach out to like, you know, recon- reconnecting with old people that I haven't talked to in a while, uh, you know, further connecting with people that I have more recently and, and get everybody on this and just share our ideas. But generally mm-hmm. I think, you know, people I'm waving at neighbors and neighbors seem to be more uh, connected. Me and my neighbors seem to be more connected, even though I've never met them. But we're waving sure. and we're talking and, and we actually want to like, you know, get to know each other, but at six to nine feet apart. And, sure. and there's, I think. Start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I just had a guest on um, uh, my previous, my, just my previous guest right before uh, this, the, right before you, she says, you know, I joined a book club and I'm doing, you know, online yoga. And these are things I didn't do before. Mm-hmm because she was so busy with her job. Now she's doing a whole bunch of more stuff uh, with this free time, but mm-hmm. connect, but, but it's all with all connecting with people, you know, uh, zoom dance classes, zoom yoga, zoom book clubs, zoom social yeah. outs and, and all that stuff. And the wife's doing the same thing. She, my wife's still doing zoom hangouts, uh, zoom happy hours, zoom socials. Yeah. Uh, she's a teacher. So she's going to, she's going to be doing zoom schools zoom teaching soon and 
And so yeah. we had fun with our uh, six-year-old. So basically, like, you have your pick uh, twice a week. Um, it's, uh, sorry, an iMessage beeped on my thing. So my, uh, my ADD kicked in. I'm like, squirrel. And then looked up at message. I apologize. Um, now we have an option for a Zoom meeting twice a week for uh, my seven-year-old. He's in first grade right now. And it's pretty cool. I mean, it doesn't beat, obviously, being at school with their friends and doing for real school. But they're giving us the resources we need. Um, you know, the, the teachers, um, they've been very responsive in answering questions we have as parents. You know, I mean, everyone's in uncharted territories. Pretty much in anything that's happening. So any kind of support, you know, because for me, I, I'm, I'm basically homeschooling my children, doing the Zoom stuff. And, you know, me as a parent, I just want to know I'm doing it right and I'm helping them thrive, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. The last thing I want is, okay, here we start second grade and there's something terribly wrong and I'm just going to feel terrible because I will then take it upon myself to feel that I didn't have them ready, you know. Right. So, but it's important and it's really cool. And like you said, with the Zoom happy hours, there's a bunch of lighting designers that I would always, you know, say happy birthday to or comment on their Facebook. And there was never really like a face-to-face -face interaction. And guess what? There is now, you know, um, there's a bunch of those Zoom meetings happening. I do one every Friday now and talk to a bunch of those guys and meeting some new people too in the business. I never really knew that are really cool um that do really amazing work so it's it's been cool man i mean you know it's been opening up new avenues and like i mentioned as well before the podcast it's just getting a new routine down i think we all have to kind of accept the fact of that in a way is that because of all this it's going to teach you to do other things i mean and do stuff that you've kind of had on the back burner forever that you never ended up doing like when i get home from tour do I want to go out and restain a child play set with my wife? You know, mm -hmm. no, we want to chill and relax and catch up. No, what are we doing? We're actually like six months later, you know, restaining the, uh, the child play set. And it probably would never got done, you know? Yes. So just things like that, you know, you got to take appreciation for, you know, and it's, there's just, there's weird little special cool things, no matter how you look at it underneath the surface of this. And if you look for them, you can really, go through this in a much more tranquil way, I feel. Yeah. Last night, uh, me and the wife decided, okay, we're going to, you know, rearrange the lounge and we're going to, you know, split it in threes. There's going to be a gym. There's going to be the gaming and kind of like the entertainment part. And then there's going to be the other side of the room is going to be uh, the play area for the kid. And mm -hmm. we had this big ass couch. It's probably, she's had it probably 15 years. And she's like, I'm going to get rid of it. And we had such a nightmare getting in with the movers. How the hell are we going to get it out now? I don't want movers coming in here. I don't, she says, we know we can donate it to this cause or that cause. So who's going to come around here and pick it up? The movers had to go around through yeah. the woods. So I said, okay, I'll take care of it. You just go to sleep. I'll take care of it. And I literally disassembled the couch, like broke it down to just wood. So sliced up the cushions and put them mm -hmm. in trash bags sliced up the fabric put that in trash bags and then started disassembling the wood structure and the spring and put the all this wood in, in the bins but the wood it's like 15 feet long uh pole of wood so now that's on the deck i gotta cut that up and then 
I don't know, use it as firewood or, or barbecue wood or something, but we don't even have a freaking barbecue. So I don't know what I'm going to do. With this. I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with this wood, but um, like basically starting from where the couch was in that living room. Yeah. It went, it went from a couch to like, I'm sure you've seen a burnt couch. Oh it, yeah. It looked like that, but not burnt. And then it was just like a skeleton of a, a skeleton of a couch. And that was my night last night. And then yeah. throw it all. So all this junk is in, in like specific piles on the deck and then vacuumed and then moved another couch and moved some other stuff. And it's like a completely different room. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like these bizarre little projects you find yourself in. Um, yeah. Scanning everything. I hate, I hate, junk and the wife is so sentimental she doesn't want to like throw away these cards you know uh, yeah. wedding cards. Yeah, yeah so so i decided you know okay here's a little side another side project i'll scan them all put them yeah. all into a pdf put the pdf on a shared google drive and we can both have it you know but the cards scan them they gotta go they got it because she's got like boxes of shoe boxes of of cards of hallmark cards and it's like it's got to go so hey before i forget i was just thinking about this i have a relic that i've been meaning to show you uh -huh. so we, uh, we can have a topic of discussion whenever i show it to you so is that the the my book or is that the hard drive of our projects that's that's the old one the beast Oh, the Lacey, dude. Yeah. The Lacey, yeah, dude. How many headaches this thing gave us? Yeah. Improperly, what was it? Improperly ejected? Your your device You're was improperly trash. ejected? Oh, my gosh. Like, you had to pray that it was saved, like, on a computer in the lab. Save, to... save, right-click, eject, eject, okay. Wait for, it to Wait for it to disappear. Wait for it to disappear. Okay, you know, I can unplug it. Like, I remember we had to, like, plead. Like, they told us, you know, like, don't save anything to... Yeah, dude. And I said, fuck it. I was still doing it. I would just hide it in, the, like, a subfolder just because... Yeah. Like, I, I started seeing people's, like, losing their projects. I was like, oh, yeah. hell with that, man. So, thank you, professors are listening. Sorry to find you, but <laughs> it's uh, it, yeah. it definitely... It, Times were hard. <laughs> so, I mean, I was like, I had all these little different savings accounts for all these little different things. And, but the, on the top of the list was an iMac or back then it was the EMAC. Remember the fat ones? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the square, the, the square one, right? Yeah. The, yeah. With, the, with that round back. That's right. And so I was saving up for that, saving up for that. Still couldn't pull the trigger. Couldn't pull the trigger. So finally as a graduation present, uh, my father gave me the remaining balance. He said, so you're saving up for that? And how much do you need left for it? And it was like 200. He goes, here's 200 bucks for your graduation. Present. I was like, oh, great. So finally got one after I didn't need it. But, I, but of course I needed it for, you know, all the passion projects and all the, on all the music video, all the little independent, uh, you know, part-time gigs that I was getting. But yeah. I mean, you know, I was, I was lucky to get a, a job at Discovery Channel right out of Towson. I was at Discovery for a little bit, but yeah. they, they've just been sitting in my drawer in my office desk, and I always keep them there because I I wanna go in them one day. Like, yeah. but 
Like, I want to wait. But see, okay, so here's my suggestion with that. Because I did the same thing. I took all my, I took my Lacey from college and I dumped it to a, a Western Digital My Book, which is way more secure. And, sure. and, and I, think I, dumped, I think I dumped another uh, Towson Lacey to like uh, a Passport, you know, the smaller yeah. one. And I just dumped it all on that. But I got rid of that Lacey. That Lacey was garbage. So stru- oh, I mean, yeah. structurally, I mean, of course, you want to keep that. You got to keep that. Uh, you got to keep the content on it. So yeah. my, my suggestion is uh, find a special day. It, it's like, it's like uh, dealing with that Lacey. It's like if you're going to deal with like molten lava. Yeah. Right. Or you're going to do a project with like uh, sulfuric acid. You have to be prepared. So you set that down you plug it in and before you and but have your other more secure device plugged into your mac or your your pc and then you plug that in and you're it's like it's like dealing with a a very dangerous highly volatile substance if that's like your if that's like your project you know i i almost want to like reuse the casing for like like a like a friggin like paper hoarder or like you know like take off take off like one of the plates and just make it like a pencil holder or something like i'm a firm believer in like nostalgic you know pieces of things that i've worked with in my lifetime i still have i still have the very first like whiteboard ever worked off of there's that's cool there's probably uh man i want to say at least half an inch of dust just on it you know but i refuse to clean it it's like i want that feeling of like there's your history this is like you know what you've worked for from a certain point to now like I, i like reminders about that yeah, yeah. Hold on one second. I'll show you around. Hold on one second. Bring it on. So, so when I was a kid, my dad was like a, a competitive marksman. You know, like pistol marksman and stuff like that. And so and so so like this is this is a coffee mug by federal ammo i don't know if you like hunt or anything like that i've yeah, had yeah. i've had this for maybe 30 years and now obviously you know it's so old and i don't even want to wash it because i don't know if that's going to deteriorate this label or something's going to fall apart so obviously sure. obviously i'm using it for like a pencil holder marker holder scissor holder obviously like that Absolutely. but but you know i i must have gotten this 30 years ago, my dad was shooting at some competition. I think he won silver or gold or something at this one competition, but obviously federal ammo is there, you know, uh, they got like a booth or an expo or something. And he, he probably won that and he gave that to me. And I've had that ever since. And, and, and so like, I'm not like, and I'm and and nothing against, you know, hunters or, or, or whatever. I'm not like a super hardcore gun guy or anything but yeah but but i am a marksman i I am in the dc i am in the dc national guard so i do i am i do have to qualify and i got to be like you know somewhat proficient with a weapon and i'm pretty good with the pistol so like but but i wouldn't be good with the pistol if i hadn't you know gone to like these competitions with my dad my dad was a cop at the time and, and he showed me how to like you know work a work a pistol and a handgun and we went mm-hmm. to the range and we went to the range every once in a while, but like I've had this freaking mug and there's another coffee mug. I don't have here. I got it. King's dominion. Oh, King's dominion. Remember King's dominion, dude. 
went there all the time as a kid. Like, bro, like it, it was. They're still like, there. If we didn't go to the beach, we would go to Kings Dominion. Like, yep, that was that was always the thing. Like, if we had an off year from the beach. Like, yep, that was that was a summer vacation. It was either there or some one place in, in Jersey, not like, not near the shore. Oh, man, I forget. Uh, someone, was it Wildwood? Was that out in Jersey? Wildwood? Mm-hmm. As in so, like, not, not metal, but wood? Mm-hmm. So Wildwood might have been in Jersey. Wild, yeah. Wild World was in Largo, Maryland. No, it was Wildwood. It was in Jersey. Okay. Like, so those are like the rotation. It was either we'd go to this like beach in uh in North Carolina, mm-hmm. or it'd be uh Wildwood in Jersey, or we'd do Kings Dominion. Those were like they're like basically two two like one boardwalk with like a bunch of theme parks and stuff around it. Uh, you know, beach, and then another one had themes around it too. So yeah. we broke it up a little bit. But man, I'll tell you. Like King's Dominion was always cool, dude. I always had like memories of that place there. Oh yeah, I'm surprised. You know? I th- it's, it's King's Dominion is still King's Dominion. So, uh, Wild World in Largo turned into Six Flags. No, Wild World turned into Adventure World, which then was bought out by Six Flags. It's now it's now known as Six Flags America. Hello. Yo, yo! I just lost you. All good. Uh, okay. The Kings uh, Dominion. Where were we? Yeah. So Kings Dominion is still Kings Dominion. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. Th- I don't think it was bought out. So you know, like we had uh, when I was growing up, we had Wild World in Largo, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wild World, which was then Adventure World, which was then. Uh, now bought out by Six Flags and it's Six Flags America. And I don't even know if, I don't even know if that's still there. Cause yeah. I haven't been, you know, had an interest in like amusement parks. Now that I got a kid, I'll start looking into them maybe in five years. But yeah. um, I think Kings Dominion, to the best of my knowledge, is still Kings Dominion, still standing, still running. Um, but yeah, I got this, uh, I got this coffee. I think when I was 10 or 11 or 12, I got this coffee mug from there. Uh, Justice League of America coffee mug that I still use. It's it's fake. It's it's faded, but you can still see like all the characters and all the literature on it, perfectly fine. It definitely looks weathered, but yeah, I gotta get. Uh, and back in my parents' business back home in Cumberland, they have just like a bunch of old pictures framed up there, and I always remember there's one with me and my dad with Scooby at uh, Paramount because Scooby always used to mm-hmm. run around there and. We, I, I can vividly remember those those memories and pictures and stuff like that that we still have, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, I believe in, I'm, I'm, I tried my best to be a minimalist because, um, you know, having all this junk and being, a, and being a hoarder is like, is one thing, but you definitely want to have some nostalgic stuff to like pass on to the kids or, or something to share with the wife and to like decorate and build a home with. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I've got my small little things, you know, like a couple of medals that I, I might have won, a couple of trophies I might have won, you know, yeah. different things. Like, you know, I got this I got this framed American flag. If you deploy, you get a flag for it. And it's like with a frame with your name and mm-hmm. and, and like the, you know, like the 
an inscription of like basically the mission you were on when you deployed away. I've got like a few small things. It's mostly the wife stuff up there. But uh, for me, um, you know, I got a couple of things here, like an old vest and, you know, like some branding and like some like that, that hoodie I got from basic. And it's, it's things like, it's things of that nature and nothing too grandiose and, and, and not too much junk. I just don't want junk. Yeah. 100%. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, a couple of people told me this trick, like they'll, th they'll throw one thing away a day. They'll look at this thing. Like I haven't touched this. I haven't, I haven't used this in a year. So throw that one thing away and try to like, not be overwhelmed by junk but yeah i mean i'll get to my, my point you know children's clothes definitely overwhelms me to a point because like as they grow out of it and you have it like we kept mm -hmm. a lot for our second child you know so that really just lessened the blow of having to buy a crap load of stuff for them you know it's always the hand-me-downs are beautiful um but you know there's times that, like where i look in the closet i'm just we have too much i like he can't fit into like you know one and two size stuff anymore mm -hmm. so okay, let's go ahead and let's pack that up and let's make sure at least goes to a good cause so we always are pretty mindful about doing goodwill donations you know uh it's it's always important just to give back other people and your shirt on their back you know and the yeah. toys as well it's funny nowadays because there's just toys are great and children love them but they're so showered with toys it's so sometimes they'll look at one and play with it once and it's never used again. Right. And I feel bad because, you know, someone went through the effort to get that for you and put thought into it. So for me as a parent, you know, my, I think this is just like kind of a quality I got from my parents. It's like, you know, you would almost, it's a courtesy to the person, you know, and if you don't like to play with it, then you know what? Our bad. We maybe should have relayed stuff you're into you know, to whoever's getting for it. Or, you know what, if they're getting just too much, you know, throw some gift cards, you know, let them go pick, you know, we live in another day and age now where it just, it just wasn't toys. Like there's all this technology at our hands mm -hmm. on how to, you know, I guess satisfy things that kids want, you know? And, and another thing that we did more recently was like, we asked our son, do you want to have a birthday party or do you want to go somewhere on an adventure? And, okay. and he was like, you know, they obviously when I have a birthday party, we have like a small gathering, but like a big thing you spend a lot of money on, mm -hmm. you could take them to like, uh, you know, Gatlinburg for a weekend. Gatlinburg is just like a little like, but we're, we're Dolly Parton has a theme park down by us. Mm -hmm. like out here, It's about, I want to say it's like a little uh, three, four hour drive from Nashville, mm -hmm. I'd say. You know, a, a long drive, you go there for a nice weekend and you take them out and let them have fun and, you know, do whatever they want, you know. And then essentially when you weigh those things together, you know, you're taking them on an experience versus just showering them with toys, you know. Right. That's something like I really want my kids to be able to have at least is to have an experience. Now I'm like, I'm not going to neglect them from a birthday party. No, absolutely no way. I've been the worst parent in the world. But I do want them to have experiences. And if that means, you know, trying something different one year and they're into it, then 100%, you know, um, breaks up the monotony of things. And, you know, we always used to do a thing like on my birthdays, if we had a vacation, I could always bring a friend with me as part as like my birthday present when I was a kid, you know? So like, cause I always had a, a my birthdays in June. So I always had a summer birthday, of course. So, you know, I always got to kind of pick a friend I got to take with, with me, 
you know, and just stuff like that. So you're not like alone either, you know, you're doing like family vacation. They're like, yeah, bring a friend, man. So I think there's just different ways to kind of like entice a kid with gifts rather than just sharing them with a bunch of toys. Like toys are great, but at the same time though, like it can be so, you know, redundant that, you know, there's not a lot of interest or, you know, I guess, you know, anything that would spark any kind of like interest in, in from their eyes or their point of view, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, yeah. and, and I've noticed with a lot of my friends and their kids, uh, me and my wife, our concern is, are we just going to like put a video game, put a, put an iPhone or iPad in this kid's hands and just, Definitely. and just, and, and, and blah, blah, and just keep swiping and tapping and swiping and tapping mm-hmm. on whatever and whatever, just to keep them, just to keep them quiet. And, and so I do want, I do want what they're involving in is to be at least steam based, you know, what is it? Science, science, tech, engineering, educational, like, I mean, educational. Yeah. yeah, Basically educational or at least, you know, sensory building. But something that's fun to them though. A lot of times, like I've, I've, I've won and I've lost that fight before, you know, like, you know, if I'm in the middle of like something really important and I just need them to chill well, you know, my wife is an essential worker, so she's at home during the day, you know, and if there's something I got to get out the door in the office, you know, a lot of times I will like have a little, uh, uh, Paw Patrol couch right over on the other side of my desk here. The little one sits with me and he's, he's chill, but you know, they have those, uh, Kindle fires for kids and his godmother got him one recently, and they have a bunch of really good educational stuff on that you can load up for. So I know, like, if they're on a thing, like, I know that their brain's not rotting on dumb stuff, you know? Like, I, I want him to at least be able to, you know, have something intuitive to him mm-hmm. uh, that you will at least not, you know, not make him dumber, but smarter, I guess you could say. Yeah. But he's the right kid. He, I mean, honestly, the second born, like if you have one, you only have one child, right? Yeah, we just had our first kid, uh, February twenty ninth. Yep. Uh, congratulations! Thank and you. If Thank you have two, you'll know. You got, and you got two. One, yeah, I was like the first one always has it the toughest as they're coming up because oh, yeah. I was, the first, I was, I was the first one. I was the first one. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was the youngest of all four of my all four of my well four brothers to be exact. So, you know you have so much more to absorb from a brother and a parent that's already done it. When it's a parent that's doing parenting for the first time or trying to, you know, break the mold. I mean, you're all learning together. So the, the oldest always struggles the most whenever yeah. they're you know, getting an intake. Everything my younger getting. brother, my younger brother is a fucking genius. Yes. And, exactly. and, and he's the one sending me emails and texts like, dude, you need to look into this. You need to get into that. You need to look into this, uh, do this to like make your shit better. And he doesn't even do what the fuck I do. Yeah. Well, sort of. He was, he had, he has his master's in fine art photography. Yeah. But now he does like a very boutique, chic, um, custom furniture. So he's a car. Yeah. And then he got into carpentry just to fucking get into it. Yeah. And me, you know, like I, I kind of dabble into like extracurricular stuff and, but like, um, I'm the one in the military, you know, with a decent, you know, fitness, PT fitness score. And he's telling me workouts like, dude, I'm just doing straight up push days, pull days. And this and here's a great thing. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? dude? <laughs> because you're right. Uh, uh, 
at the, but at the same time, um, you know, my parents split when I was 16, so he was 12. So he was impacted mm-hmm. by that. He was impacted by that harder than I was, where I was like, oh, I was like, you know, I, maybe it was a defense mechanism. Maybe, maybe I just kind of like shrugged it off and I was like, oh, thank God you guys are splitting. You guys aren't going to be fighting no more, blah, 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 blah. But it really, yeah. hurt, it really hurt him more. But, yeah. but at the same time, I think you're right, where uh, my parents were probably like, yo, we, we fucked up with this, that, and the other thing. So they didn't with my, with my brother. And mm-hmm. he just had, like you're saying, maybe had it easier maybe they just they made the right choice the first time around with him you know i was the learning lesson yeah yeah absolutely Uh, i think it's it's a learning curve for everyone because i I have a really good friend he he was a programmer on on the uh, billy eilish store um just had and he helped me out with like a lot of design perspectives and stuff like that Mm -hmm. Uh, good friend of mine is like one of the first guys i ever met in nashville and he's having a baby in the middle of all this stuff and um I told him, you know, like anything you need, call me. He's like, well, I'm going to call you, man. He's like, yeah, I'm going to need some advice. I was like, a lot of times I'm just going to defer to just say, do it your way. You know, like a lot of times it's like, there's a lot of advice to offer a new parent, but to be completely honest, everyone's household is unique. You know, everyone has a certain set of circumstances. You know, my wife works full time. I have a road job, you know, her mother is virtually our nanny for when I'm gone and no one's there, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, she's the pillar to make it all work. So it's really about the system you have in place to make your life work, you know, and what works for your child and what's just efficient for everyone. And you can't be taught that through a book. You just, you got to adapt and parent how your life works with it you know that's the best advice i can give any parent is just do what works best for your household like another person's telling you how they do things it's like yeah because if you're a stay-at-home mom you don't have fucking shit to do all day of course you're gonna have a lot of opinions on how people should mother their children you know it's just like it's and I'm, i'm just broadly speaking about that we don't have i don't think i've ever had anyone directly tell me about that to stay at home mom at least at least to my knowledge but you know, just that sort of shit where like, you know, people have that perspective, but yeah, they're not, you know, they're not living the same life we are. So you have to make what's best out of your situation and make it work for you. You know, that's, that's the way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think our parents didn't realize that I, 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 this is as a parent, I try to realize my kids are not going to grow up in the same world I grew up in. Oh yeah. And my parents, my parents didn't realize that. And my mom even now is low tech. You know, Mm. my wife's parents are high tech. They got the, they got the smartphones with the Facebook, uh, the FaceTime Mm. or and Facebook, but, and, but FaceTime and and video chat and every day, every other day, they're jumping on the freaking the FaceTime and looking at, looking at their grandkid because, and thank God, because right now they, they can't come over all the time. And they'd be heartbroken, too, because they can't see their loved ones. I mean, that's tougher for elderly right now, especially with everything, because they are more vulnerable to everything happening, you know? So it's heartbreaking in a way. Like, I mean, I know my mother-in-law and father-in-law, they, you know, they're virtually heartbroken, like, because, you know, we don't live too far from them. But, you know, they might, Mm -hmm. you know, she might make an appearance, like, and drop something at the doorstep, you know, which is kind of cool, you know? But sometimes like we can't let them see her because you know, they'll want her, 
you know, and then they're on to a huge meltdown because they can't be with their nana, you know, and, it, and it's sad, you know. So, you know, but man, when that day comes when you can put it all back together and it's all, you know, the final machine again, it'll be a glorious day. I think for anyone and everything that we do, you know, whether it's family or work, I mean, I'll probably cry when I go back to work, you know, just because, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, it's going to be, I think it's going to be emotional for everyone because, again, I keep reverting back to the thing, everyone's situation is unique in all this. You know, there might be, there might be people, their houses got foreclosed. You know, there might be people that lost something or got divorced. You know, this is, this is a true yeah. test for married couples with all this, you know? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of perspectives to look at and, you know, I think it's just going to be great for everyone just to give them a big fucking hug, you know, because people are going to need it, you know, and I may need it. I may not need it. I don't know. But, you know, I think it's important for just us as humanity to be there for each other no matter what, you know, yeah. we're all going through a tough time. And I think it's a good test at least, you know. I never want to ever have this happen again or in my child, even my children's lifetime. But, you know, it's just going to be a good test for humanity again. And hopefully it's not going to ever hit a reset button on us. Yeah. But I think there's going to be a definitely a new positive outlook for a lot of human beings. And I, um, I'm hoping that that is what reciprocates amongst everyone. I'm hoping. So. Be, well, yeah, like being full-time freelance, uh, I'd say about a third of my gigs are out of state. Oh, they were. and so when melissa when when me and melissa were dating there'd be uh, hey I'm, I'm gonna be gone for you know a couple of days or a week and then be back and then you know we moved in it's like hey i got i got this one gig in connecticut or i got this one gig in new york mm-hmm. um I, i'm gone for a week and then most but most of the gigs are in the dmv and so then we got married a couple of out-of-state gigs new orleans when she was pregnant when she was in pre- when she when she was pregnant i was in philly for a week i was in new orleans for a week she couldn't fly. She was, she was at the point she couldn't fly to make matters worse. I took some buddies, up, buddies with me because I, I got this, you know, hotel suite, but just for me. And so I'm like, Hey dudes come to new Orleans. And so there's a, that extra FOMO cause she's pregnant. So then mm-hmm. we, ha- so then we have the kid, but we had, but we had the kid within quarantine and uh, well, not, not exactly. The second we brought the kid home, you weren't on yeah. lockdown, like yeah, like 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 I think a week, I think a week after we brought the kid home, then it was administered stay at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because, I mean, being a native Marylander, even though like I don't live there anymore, all my friend, my friends, my family. I mean, I see everything that's going back mm-hmm. on. My, you know, and good for Hogan. You know, I I think I'm glad he's being aggressive with it because all other starts states, ones I won't name, aren't really well. I mean, Hogan, well, Hogan's good. H- Hogan is good, but it's e- real easy for Maryland, Virginia, because Maryland, Virginia, basically, and not to take away from Hogan and his decision process and the way he's running it, but basically, Maryland, Virginia, take a look at D.C. What's D.C. doing? That's what we're doing. Yeah. Because, because, you know, D.C. is oh, super strict. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, especially because that's, that's, that's a big play, especially one you're shooting based around the nation's capital. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. You know, so, I mean, because we can't have falter to all this shit. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, I, 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 am, I am getting some of these live streaming gigs working from home, some of these technical gigs working from home, um, you know, uh, some voiceover work from home. But, um, you know, there's times where 
if I'm doing, if I'm on this work from home gig, I'm basically, you know, in the studio for eight straight hours. I might have a couple of pee breaks. I might have like a lunch break. I can come upstairs and, and hold the kid and, and hang out for like maybe 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. But basically for the sake of the grandparents, we have the grandparents come over and, and physically babysit because I'm at work, you know, and the, and, and the wife still might need help. So we treat it as if I'm, I'm at work right, and, she, and she's that still exactly right. No, yeah. You know, as you should, because yep. what you do is if you deviate from that, then, I mean, I think, mean, you know, within your own household, you have to delegate that because if that's like, if your concentration is taking off a product and your client isn't happy, that's going to, you guys are going to be the ones that have to take the hit. So yep. you know, just because you're not going out there in the jungle, you know, like, like a lot of essential workers are, you know, just in, in the thick of it all, yep. you know, that doesn't exempt anyone that has to, a responsibility to work with their own privacy at home. It's just as important in my opinion, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's money, you know? Um, now granted, if you can make that happen, <laughs> you know, it, having to juggle all that at once, then, you know, more power to you. But I'm the same way. I haven't had to do it yet just because of, you know, lighting projects for me. I mean, I've kind of got done out of the way what I need to, barring any feedback from my artists, because essentially what I did, you know, the first thing that I did that came to mind was like, okay, well, hypothetically, what's going to, what's the first thing that could possibly resume? I should work on that and get that ready. Mm -hmm. Because um, going to foreign countries with our, our lighting rig, we're not going to be able to bring everything to like, say South America, just for traveling cartage and all that stuff, you know, right. with the way you around down in a foreign country like that. So you have to kind of rethink a B plan that you like stuff you can get locally from place to place whenever you visit country to country. Down there. So, um, you know, there's just paperwork like that. And I talked to my bosses on a zoom call and just like, okay, well, here's some ideas, you know, here's what we want to keep. Here's what we, obviously can't bring what can we supplement to make it easier and fun still so you know it took up some time and i'll be able to eventually invoice for that uh, once it's approved but you know there's just some things that i was able now again you know there's times like where you know we were it was spring break so when i was doing it i was actually i actually had a good amount of time to walk in because my wife was still she wasn't gone and most typical days my wife would be gone, and if I had some important work at home, my mother-in-law would keep the kids, and then I would arrange a pickup time, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, but uniquely enough, just this time around, in the middle of all this crap, but typically that's what happens. But because of this, my wife is at home over the spring break. That's when she takes her, her uh, she'll take a week vacation, um, right. go anywhere. <laughs> it's a, you know, uh, we still got to at least get some things done and hammer down, so. Yeah, I mean, making the best of it. Making yeah, the best. that's what you got to do. I mean, you know, and again, you know, it's just finding things. Uh, sorry, texting my wife. Let's speak of the devil. Um, you'll be able to appreciate this situation a lot more if you can just keep your mind occupied. I think that's been the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of in times been like, man, like I just want to work on my lighting control board and just do that right now. I'm like, well, take time to do something else. 
you've got time. You know, I like sometimes I get in a splutter and I think that my life is just so used to that of being like, no, I've got to sit down and I've got to crank this out. You know, I put that pressure on my shoulders a lot where it's like, no, no, you can actually work on that tomorrow. Go do what you want to do right now, you know, or take a video game break or something, you know. One thing I've actually been really stoked about is they re-released Final Fantasy VII on PS4. Like when <laughs> I, I saw was, that. I saw that. Well, I, the, the remake or the re-release or something? Yeah, they, yeah, they remade it. But yeah. you know, just, you know, storylines virtually the same, but they just put in some nice new, like, story, like side storyline, B storyline stuff and a couple new characters. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful-looking game with modern, you know, CGI with everything that they're doing with gaming now. So, um, but, you know, back then, I mean, I was in, like, high school. I think it was, like, a freshman or sophomore when I played them in high school. But, I mean, I was addicted to those things. I remember locking myself in my room on snow days. Like, we had a snow day. I was jamming on that thing, putting in hours. The guy with – it's the guy with the big-ass sword is Final Fantasy. Uh, Cloud? Is his name Cloud? That's right. That's right. That's the one, man. So, I think that was – 97 or 98 or 99 or something 99 would have been the sequel so there was the final fantasy 8 okay and then 7 was the one before 7 was the one that they did the remake of that's out mm-hmm. yeah I mean, and it's just so crazy because i'm like you gotta be, I, I have to get this and i'm like so the thing is those games those type of like role playing like fantasy games they'll take up hours so you know if you want to kill some time get one of those things but i mean it's a yeah. beautiful looking game it's fun. Yes. Um, well, speaking like, you know, speaking of the lounge that I finally, you know, like move resorted, rearranged and stuff like that. And I finally set up my game in PC. And mm-hmm. I think not last night, I think it was the night before I finally got on, played Mass Effect Andromeda with a couple yep. of my, uh, my online gaming buddies. And I, to- I haven't played video games in so long that my buddy said, Hey, buy this. It's on sale. Buy it, buy it on, you know, whatever site it, Matt, a major sale on this game right now. I mm-hmm. look it up and I, and I, I look it up and I already own it. What the shit? I already own the game. So I sent him a text. I own the game. He goes, Oh, that's right. I think so, you bought that like a couple of years ago or something. I'm like, all right. Yeah. So I jump, I, 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 so I go to my account, install it on my gaming system. I'm waiting for it to finish up. I'm like, hey, you guys still online? Yeah, we're just starting. I, I get on, and when I start playing the game, I'm like, this is that freaking game we played like three years ago. What year is this? And he goes, bro, all four of us, like there, there's these, the, the four of us that always play games together, all four of us was on. And to make matters worse, one of them could never figure out how to get his audio to work. He, he's the only, he's the, he's the one out of the four of us who can't voice chat. And it's like, bro, is this seriously like 2012 right now? Mm-hmm. It, was so, it was so trippy. It was so weird. We're playing this one game that we played, I don't know, three or four years ago. His fucking mic don't work. And I, and, and I still suck at the game. And they're like, they're, they're, and they're yelling at me, dude, you're in the military. You should know, take cover. And I'm laughing. I've had, I'm like four beers into it. We're having no such. on like reality view. On like, we're having the. But we're having the best fucking time and you know i should have streamed it because there was there was some fun i don't think any i don't think any it's of them it's so funny that they're like busting your balls about the military it's like and it, like yeah <laughs> and like don't you know to take cover and i'm like i don't like right now i don't care like i'm tripping balls right now because 
because it's like this, this game that we played. I mean, it's one of those situations that you have to be in. It's one of those games we played four years ago. It's the same exact four of us four years later. And the, and the one guy's mic, he doesn't know how to fucking get on Discord and voice chat with us. And, we're, and, 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 and you, I, can hear, I can hear one of the other guys yelling at him like, dude, just install the app on your phone and, 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 and chat with us on the phone. And I can kind of hear him because, because the three of us are on Discord, but one of us is talking to him on the regular, like straight up phone. And you can kind of hear over the Discord mic, the other guy screaming on, on speaker on the regular, on like regular phone, cell phone, iPhone. Like, I'm not fucking with that shit right now. Just play the game. And it's, it's just like, dude, this is what we went through for the past 15 years. And it's still going on even with the same game i mean it's just one of those trippy ass moments man so yeah and 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 you're right i should probably you know put in my notes you know film series book or video game but uh but yeah um it's good time final final fantasy 7 so final fantasy 7 is there like a is there is there is there a movie or a series or some books you've been reading to, to kill time uh Definitely Ozark. Ozark. There's, I have like a good wheel of like a couple, like I am like solely like sworn to watch, you know, like those are the ones out. Um, Ozark's great, man. Jason Bateman, if you're listening, man, fan, big fan, genius. And I actually watched, uh, did you watch The Outsider on HBO as well? It's that Stephen King one they did. Oh, Outsider, dude. Yeah, that's that another one Bateman was involved with, and he was amazing in that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like I'm, I just, the works he's putting out in mm-hmm. recent years, man. Just I'm a big fan of his right now. Just great stuff, great and writing, it, great freaking writing. But where like, does he? But where does he find the fucking time for this, dude? Because he's knocking out multiple. He's on multiple series at the same time with yeah. maybe a, a couple of movies sporadically here and there. But they're all, but they're all so good. <laughs> He's mastered cloning himself, I guess. That's the only thing I can think of. It's it's funny, like you know, <laughs> there's so many cats out there where you sit there and you're like, dude, how are they doing this? And and and, he, and speak, speaking of cloning, he's another Hollywood vampire, like him. Yeah, that's right. Him and his buddy uh, Paul Rudd and Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And who and fucking Heather Graham. Yeah. And Charlize Theron. They don't fucking age. Yeah, no, uh, I just saw somebody else too that just she hasn't fucking aged. I know I watched the other day. Speaking of films, um, and Jason Bateman, I watched uh, Unnecessary Roughness the other day. You remember him in that? On that, Jay- like, had like Sinbad, Scott Bakula. They were the, the Bateman was in that. Yes, he was. Unnecessary Roughness. Write it down. Check it out. You'll have a good appreciation. It's, the movie's hilarious. No, I saw. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, dude, he's the, uh, so his dad, I think he's a receiver, and his dad is like one of the boosters for the program. Bateman? Bateman. Get the shit, because, you know, I'm familiar with Bateman. I know he did Teen Wolf 2. I know he was on some TV. He did Teen Wolf 2, and then popped up like six years later in like some dark shit, like funny, but more serious dark shit. Like Mm -hmm. he totally reinvented himself, and I'm trying to think like, which which it what what it was it was you know before horrible bosses like he was on a roll you know like horrible bosses 
uh, the switch. Bosses was great. What was the what was the one with Ryan Reynolds where like they swapped bodies? Oh, um, you know what I'm talking about, and um, like Ryan Reynolds did softcore porn, and so then Jason Bateman had to like do the film so that he wouldn't lose these gigs or something like that. Oh man. I have to, I, I'll IMDB it for, and it won't be like. That's, now that's, that, that's a funny one. That's a funny one. Like the, uh, Kiss the Boy. That's what it was. So in this movie, Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman, they're, they're like, they're best friends or whatever. And, you know, just like, yeah. with, just like with Vice Versa or like Father Like Son, like these weird movies where somehow they just switch bodies somehow. And so, Ryan Reynolds' character, original soul, was doing softcore porn. So Jason Bateman has to go and fucking do this softcore porn movie with this Russian director. Oh, and it's same-sex softcore porn. And, yeah. and so the Russian director just keeps saying, like, kiss the boy, kiss the boy, kiss the boy. Kiss the boy. It's, dude, it's so, such a funny fucking movie. It's really funny. But um, unnecessary. I might have to watch. Go back and watch that shit. Wasn't oh, um, wasn't Kathy Ireland the kicker in that one? That was unnecessary. Yeah, she yeah, was yeah. A soccer player, and they converted it. And they got her over the kicker because yep. the kicker was awful. So. Yeah, the replace the replacements pretty much stole that script. Essentially, yes. Essentially, and kind of like updated it to uh, pro ball with scabs. There was a strike. Yeah. Yeah. The Replacements is really right. fucking good movie too. Like that's like one of those, that's one of those B plus movies. That's one of those B plus movies that they just was like, we have some good names in this. Let's let's kick it to the theater, because that could have yeah. been just that could have been that easily could have been a straight to tape or easily a summer blockbuster. And it was such a good such a good like summer summer feel good you know goofy comedy type of theater movie, but. Yeah, but yeah, I got to go back and watch Unnecessary Roughness because I didn't know Bate. No, I didn't know Bateman was in there, and I always, oh. I, I always confused the program with Unnecessary Roughness. Mm-hmm. You remember the program? Yeah, yeah. Um, Omar Epps. Yeah, o- Omar, Omar Epps, and yeah, dude. Like, it's so funny because we always made fun of like the Pittsburgh Steelers coach looks identical to Omar Epps, and they always joke around and say that. Coach Tomlin looks like Omar Epps, but yeah, program and like yeah, they uh, they uh, spit in each other's mouths and do all that wild shit. That was that was a crazy movie. Ah, that, the 90s. Don't you miss the nineties? That was yeah, I miss the nineties. Well, they made they made some good fucking movies. See, the the program is where they had to pull it from theaters because of that scene where they were laying down in the highway and dumbass mm-hmm. kids in real life were doing it. And doing it, yeah. They had to pull all prints from the theater, cut the scene out, and I don't. Th- I think it's like almost impossible. Well, the scene is on YouTube. You can find the scene on YouTube, but I don't think it's. It's hard to find like a, a like a cut with that or something. But yeah, I mean, it's got to be out there. That leaves now. The nineties, man, like swingers. 90s. Swingers. I always right. I always talk about swingers. Swingers. Baby, you're so money. You don't even know it. Baby, you're so money. See three movies changed my entire career path and made me want to be a filmmaker. It was Rumble in the Bronx, Heat, oh, yeah. no, Heat, 
Swingers, Rumble in the Bronx. He was great because we always had that conversation about, like, because Pacino and De Niro never shot, uh, they shot did. together. They did? They did. They did. Yeah, it just turned into one of those Hollywood urban legends where fucking they just were never on set together. And, like, film classes used it. Towson used it as an example of how to edit. And it's like, yeah. dude, they were on set together. And Michael, and so I bought the Ultimate Director's exclusive, you know, Ultimate Edition DVD of Heat. And yeah. Michael, Michael Mann just straight up says in an interview, he goes, I don't know why we fucking cut it like that. Yeah. I should have never cut it like that. Yeah. But the way the flow of the scene was. Over, sh- over the shoulder the whole time, you know. It, it, it was just, yeah, it was, it was back and forth. He goes. I should have had like the two shot, the two, the, 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 the medium wide two shot way the, more. Yeah. The Scorsese, like, you know, when, uh, him yeah. and, uh, Ray Liotta were, you know, after he got, he got trouble and remember like the, the, the pull out that they did there from mm-hmm. them to the table together. I mean, that's, that's an iconic shot of the two actors, you know, yeah. so mm-hmm. if you, you have one like that with Pacino and De Niro, man, so, I mean, that's even more intense. So there, yeah, you can Google. There is like a behind the scenes uh, BTS photographers, yeah, shot of them two at the diner table with Man Michael Mann talking to him. But enough. That's funny how we, urban. It's funny how like those kind of rumors get to, like yeah produced. Like it's so, only because of the way that you perceive it that way. Right. You know? So they were never on set together except that scene. Mm-hmm. And to the best of my memory, to the best of the way Michael Mann wanted to work it, he wanted to keep that that way. And they saved the diner scene until like somewhere in the last week of production. So yeah. Pacino did all his scenes separate. De Niro did all his scenes separate. Pacino did all his scenes separate. Then they get to the diner. They wanted, because the whole crew and all the other actors, the whole crew, the producers, everybody was so amped. They were never on set together with Godfather Two. Pitch a fever pitch like when they got there, just be like you felt it. Yeah. So that so Michael Mann was like, you felt that through the celluloid, through the TV, through the screen, you felt it. You could feel our, uh, you know, excitement and our just and our angst that these two are there, this monumentous moment, and it would come out on screen, and it did. But then people started realizing, oh, they were never there together because there's never a two shot. There's never a wide shot or a two shot of them. Yeah. But there was, there was. And on the DVD, Michael Mann says like, for some fucking reason, the way we were in the flow of editing it, we never even fucking thought about it. Yeah. There is a shot, but within the final cut of the film, there is a shot of them and people are like, oh, that's CGI. And it's like, it's not, it's not. Cause there's plenty of behind the scenes. There's yeah. plenty. I, just, of- I was a stand in if they didn't do it, you know, I was like, okay, well then they just probably dressed someone up like them and just shot over his shoulder. Yeah. You know? but, but, it uh, was, but, it, but it wasn't, those two sat across from each other. They, they, they doubled for themselves. They didn't, they didn't have doubles. They sat there and they had that fucking, they had that shit together, man. But, um, I- can I hit pause on this real quick? I gotta take a call real quick at that. Yeah, dude, okay. go for it. Go for all it. Right. Yeah, yeah. One second. It's all good. <laughs> 